Newgate Market was an empty, echoing shell. Doors hung crookedly, windows were smashed, iron hooks were rusting away. The market clock was no longer ticking, and the stalls were silting up with rubbish. All the butchers had long ago moved to Smithfield, taking their sides of beef and saddles of mutton with them. I don't know why this place ain't been torn down long since, Alfred Bunce remarked. He stood hunched in the rain, with his bag on his back, gazing across an expanse of muddy cobbles toward the central pavilion. Water dripped off his wide-brimmed hat and trickled down his long, beaky nose. Even his drooping moustache was sodden. Ruined buildings breed every kind of strife, from coining to murder, he added. Bogles would be the least of your problems round here. Beside him, a brown-eyed boy was scanning the shops that fronted the square. Some of them were boarded up, and those that remained in business were for the most part seedy-looking taverns or coffee houses. I don't see Mr. Wardle, said the boy, whose name was Ned Roach. He was dressed in a navy blue coat with brass buttons, very worn at the elbows, and a pair of buff-coloured trousers, damp and soiled. A flat cap sat on his springy brown hair. Despite his missing tooth and scarred hands, he looked respectable enough. Which of these here establishments would be Mother Oakey's? Ask Jem, Alfred replied. He knows the neighbourhood better'n I do. Jem? Ned turned to address another boy lagging behind them. You've been here once. Which pub is Mother Oakey's? Jem Barbary didn't answer. He was too busy peering at the dark silhouette of someone who was skulking on a nearby doorstep. Ned didn't blame Jem for being nervous. This was John Gammon's territory, and Gammon, also known as Salty Jack, was a dangerous man. What's that fellow doing there, lurking like a cracksman's crow? Jem hissed. He was smaller and thinner than Ned, with so much thick black hair that his head looked too big for his body. He wore a bedraggled suit of speckled brown tweed. Do you think he works for Salty Jack? Maybe he's sheltering from the rain. Ned offered, but Jem scowled. I don't trust him. I don't trust no one hereabouts. Which is why we should pick up our pace, Alfred spoke in a gruff, impatient voice. Wardle said to meet at Mother Oakey's. Any notion where that might be? Jem considered the half-dozen public houses scattered around the market square. Taint that un, he announced, pointing. That there is the old coffee pot. I spoke to the barmaid last time I passed through. And that? Alfred nodded at the nearest tavern. Although it had a sign suspended above its front door, none of them could read the lettering. There's a cat on that sign, Ned observed, so it's more likely to be the cat and fiddle, or the cat and salutation. Here, Jen suddenly clutched Alfred's sleeve. Ain't that Mr. Wardle? It was. Ned recognised the man who had emerged from the alehouse to their right. He was large and middle-aged, with fuzzy side whiskers and a slight paunch. Though respectably dressed, he had an untidy look about him, almost as if his clothes were buttoned askew. Wisps of wiry grey hair escaped from beneath his bowler hat. 
His necktie was crooked. There was a crusty stain on his waistcoat lapel and an unshaven patch on his chin. Even when he spotted Alfred, his worried expression didn't change. The anxious lines seemed permanently engraved across his brow. Mr. Bunce, he exclaimed, you found me. Aye, said Alfred, touching his hat. I was afeard you might have taken a wrong turn. Mr. Wardle's small blue eyes swung toward the boys. I see you've brought your apprentices with you. Alfred gave a brusque nod. Can't kill a bogle without bait, he growled. Yes, of course. Mr. Wardle blinked uneasily at Ned, who wondered if the inspector of sewers could even remember his name. They had been introduced to each other only a week before, at the Metropolitan Board of Works, where they had all sat down at a very large round table to launch the Committee for the Regulation of Subterranean Anomalies. But more than a half-dozen people had been present at that meeting, and a lot of business had been discussed. And since neither Ned nor Jem had made much of a contribution, it seemed likely that Mr. Wardle had forgotten who they were.